Have you heard about the guys over at Chinook Seedery? They are the only sunflower seed company that is taking the time to connect with college athletes and trying to help them build their brand. They have eight flavors from mild to wild with way less salt and no sandpaper tone. So check them out today over at ChinookSeedery.com. The Macho Man, Randy Savage, Intercontinental Champion of the World. Talking about history, talking about history. One date, uh, yeah, just in my mind, February the 8th in Boston, Massachusetts at the Boston Garden, yeah, where Larry Bird plays basketball, yeah, and the Boston Celtics are a real tough team. But uh, I think that if I played basketball, man, the way I am and the super athlete that I am, I would overshadow Larry Bird because on that particular night in Boston, I was the greatest professional wrestler in the world. Oh, proud, yeah. So was it like you had him? Oh, oh, boy. Boy. It was a little boy. No, again for the in off the bench podcast i am daniel ball and i'm joined as always by my partners in crime my brothers from other mothers jim cross randy jowers guys episode five coming at you titled y'all do it different out in texas because the man we're talking about tonight is from texas he's holding it down he's currently though in knoxville tennessee with the university of tennessee basketball team that is our man dj jefferson guys we haven't had basketball in a long time, so I don't want to wait around. Let's get right to it. Help me welcome on to the show with the biggest interview and podcasting this week, University of Tennessee basketball star DJ Jefferson. DJ, man, it has been a long time since we had a basketball star on here. How are we doing tonight? Doing great. How are you doing? Man, we're blessed. Like I said, you know, we've been hitting everything from football, baseball, gymnastics, volleyball, whatever. It's been a while since we got to talk hoop. So it's a blessing. And then Tennessee is one of our largest audiences. So uh works out even better that not only you play hoops, but for Tennessee. But before we get into any of that, you know, we want to break the ice, kind of get things flowing here. And so I ask, if you had your own talk show and you could have your first celebrity guest on there, who would it be? Celebrity guest? That's a good one. You got to use some time with that one. Um, I would probably have to say Kevin Durant. That's my favorite NBA player. So I'll say Kevin Durant. Oh, oh, we starting off wrong. I'm a Russell Westbrook fan. That, that still stings. 
it's been like eight years now and it's I'm still not past it. You're going, oh, whoosh. all right. My my question for you though, you know, you had him on your show. I was asked to ask you this. Thomas wants to know. He said, you know, you came to a little uh, a little get together and you ate a whole plate of, of sausage balls. W- would you uh, would you share the sausage balls with Kevin Durant? Yes, I would definitely share the sausage balls with Kevin Durant. Um, so how it all started, I'm actually partnered with Busy Bees and we were like doing a little photo shoot for the shirt that they had created me. And his mother was actually there. She was like feeding us food and everything like that. And she had these sausage balls. And at first, I wasn't really like that hungry. But when I saw them, it was like everybody was like saying, like, oh, they're, they're good. I was like, okay, let me give it a try. So I went from eating like two sausage balls to eating like almost like 30. So it was like, it was pretty good. So if Kevin Durant was to be in my podcast or my show, I would definitely suggest him to get some sausage balls. Those are pretty good. I don't know. Don't feel bad, DJ. I do that at every tailgate I'm at. I, I'm eating whatever I want as much as I want. And, you know, whoever doesn't get to eat, man, sorry for not beating me to the table. You know what I'm saying? But, all right, this one's a good one, man. We've got so many different, uh, you know, picks over this question. If you had to do karaoke, I mean, had to, you got a crowd, man. They want to hear you sing, DJ. What's your go-to song that you're going to sing that you feel comfortable with? Uh, That's a good one. Word for word. I mean, there will be words on screen, but yeah, usually the word, the one you know, word for word, is always going to be the comfort zone. I know a lot of songs from word for word. But if I had to choose one, uh, ooh, that's a tough one. Oh, uh, I'll probably have to say the Rocky Top song. I mean, I don't really know the words like that through, but I actually know the hook of it. So if I just not understand the words to the Rocky Top song, I think that would be a good song to play. Daniel, how smart a choice was that answer? Like, I mean, that's that's the the pandering to your your people, man. Like, you got to take care of your people. That's, but I would imagine that's the go to because in Knoxville, you probably have to do zero work if you play that song because everybody else gonna sing it for you. Exactly. That's that's the perfect song to play. So I'm gonna just sing and. The crowd's gonna do the rest of the words. So. That might that might be the best answer. I thought the I forgot who what guy said Taylor Swift and which threw me because he said Taylor Swift DJ. But then he said, you know, crowd full of girls, they'll sing for him. Same same kind of deal. But I like yours even better because there is a guaranteed Taylor Swift should do it. The girls should take over for you. But with Rocky Top, you're guaranteed to be covered. It don't matter how bad your voice is. So I like that. That might be my new favorite answer. Uh, sure. All right, so this one, man, this is the one I'm going to grade you on. I, I didn't even know. I don't want to hear it. I'm an LSU fan. That's my song. I love that song. Yeah, I know. I'm an LSU fan. If y'all playing, that means y'all scored on us. Look, anyway, uh, and I heard it way too I heard it way too much last year when y'all came down to Baton Rouge, so – Moving on, who was your childhood celebrity crush? Rihanna, easy. <laughs> he said easy. Easy. That's. I mean, Rihanna. I mean, don't get no better. I mean, she makes great music, and at the same time, she looks great as well. So, I mean, yeah. You, go, got, you got no, got no beef. You got no beef here, man. No beef. No beef. All right. This is the last one. Then I'll let Daniel get into your story. 
Favorite athlete growing up? Favorite athlete growing up? I will have to definitely say LeBron James. I mean, a lot of people talk down on LeBron James. A lot of people might say, oh, LeBron is not this good, uh, this and that and third. But the thing about LeBron is that not only does he know how to play the game, he knows the game as well. You know, he does a lot of film. And, you know, throughout his whole career, he's been dominating throughout his whole career. I mean, you look at him now, he's 38, finna get ready to turn 39, and he's still averaging 30 points a game. So, I mean, I mean, it, his work speaks for itself. So, I mean, to me, I think he's one of the best players in the NBA by far. So. Do you know an uh, interesting fact before he gets into your story? Before we started interviewing athletes, when we didn't really know what we wanted to do, uh, we started this podcast during COVID, during the last dance, talking about MJ and uh, and the Bulls. So this podcast actually started with us talking about basketball and talking about MJ. So it's kind of crazy. And then it just kind of turned into this. But, yeah, uh, so with the LeBron factor, we get it because he's, you know, Mike's this generation. You know how people try to compare him. But obviously, yeah. you know, it's a basketball guy. It's, t- it's two different generations. Yeah, I mean, you, you look at him. He came, into, he came into the NBA when I was just, you know, Giving, when my mom was giving birth to me, so you know I've been watching him since I'll probably say when I I started watching LeBron when I turned about like around maybe five six years old, and I've just been watching him throughout my whole life. I mean, he's just a great dude, off on and off the court, just just a great player. I mean, great player. So, so yeah, let's let's talk about another great player. Let's talk about you, man. <laughs> let's let's get into it, man. All right. So obviously, when we start these interviews, we got to go back and, and get the backstories. Tell me a little bit about your hometown. Where are you from? Dallas, Texas. Um, I'm originally born in Garland, Texas, not too far from Dallas, almost 25, 30 minute drive from there. But I mean, yeah, that's where I come from. I come from Garland, Texas. Um, I've been there my whole life. I was born and raised there. And then I had recently moved in with my dad when I was around eight because I was staying with my mom throughout the time. So. I moved in with my mom, I mean my dad around eight years old. And I had fell in love. I had fell in love with the game. So what what is the family dynamics like? You said you moved in with your dad, so were you parents are divorced? You're li- mm-hmm. who are you living with? And then yeah, you my just parents, had- Yeah, my parents had got divorced and I had moved into with my dad around like eight years old. And um I wasn't I was I mean, I was playing sports, I was playing other sports like soccer, I was playing football. But then when I started playing basketball, it was just a total different love for the game. It's just I just fell in love with it. As soon as I saw the ball going to basket, I just told myself, well, I'm gonna play basketball for the rest of my life. Because you're from Dallas, Texas, Daniel's gonna want to know if you have a different love. Yeah. You um, got you got you got a love for the star? Oh, of course. I love the Dallas Cowboys. That's my team right there. What Dallas what? Cowboys, Dallas Mavericks, Dallas Stars. I mean, any team Dallas. That's- through through and through. Through and through. Well, so you're pretty happy about the outcome of that game last night, huh? Yeah, I'm definitely happy. I, yeah. I ain't gonna lie, I was kind of – I was looking at the game, I was like, I hope they pull it through, but they, they definitely pull it through. So, but yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't even close, man. It, it, yeah. it was just a, a, a beatdown. Yeah. So, so you moved in with your dad, but do you have any brothers or sisters, or are you the only child? I have a brother and a sister. Um, my sister, she's the oldest. She's 21. Actually, she's 22. And I have a brother. He's 16. He's going to get ready to turn 17. Gotcha. You putting, you putting the work in on him? 
giving him a little beat down every now and then, just showing him who, who the alpha is? Yeah. yeah, I mean, I've been trying to get him to play basketball. I mean, I mean, my, my little brother, I mean, he really can play any sport. He can play basketball, football, soccer, baseball. I mean, he's really – I mean, he can really play any sport, but I've noticed that he's really been falling in love with football lately. So I've been, you know, just preaching to him, giving him the best advice that I can just to help him, you know, keep his head straight and just, you know, when people are not, you know, when he's not doing anything at the career, he could just be, you know, working on football drills, whether it's footwork or catching the ball or things like that. Just, you know, because I can tell that he's really into football. So I'm just trying to, you know, just keep him busy. Gotcha. So, you know, you know, Jim and I were, were both from from Memphis, and Memphis obviously is, is a hot hotbed for basketball. You you don't have to go far as basketball goals in every driveway. Um, but being from you know growing up in Texas, the original thought that I have is like Texas high school football. But what is Texas high school basketball like? Texas high school basketball. If you ask me, I think Texas generates the best hoopers. In- in my state, if you ask me, I mean, you look at it, you, mean, you got Casey Wallace coming out of Texas, Anthony Black, Ryland Griffin, uh, Bob Holland, you know, the list goes on. I mean, Texas Hoopers, man, I mean, they just they just got the dog mentality in them, like myself. And, you know, we just always been those type of guys to where we just we just want to come out and compete. We don't, you know, we don't say too much, we don't do too much. We just want to come out and just, you know, just hoop. And that's how I've always been my whole life, coming out of Texas, so what high school did you attend? I went to Berkner High School in Richardson, Texas. All right. So just, you know, your time there, man, you, you obviously had an incredible career. But as a junior, 2020-2021 season, you ascended in the national recruiting rankings after showcasing your offensive abilities with 22 points per game scoring average. You averaged 16.1 points, five and a half rebounds, four assists, three steals per game as a senior at the at Minnesota Prep. Um, you were a four-star prospect in the class of 2022. You're rated as the nation's number 45 prospect, number one prospect in the state of Minnesota on three, as well as number 73 in the nation by 247 Sports. So I guess the first question is, is those accolades and those, those numbers – Obviously, you were in Texas, but then it talks about Minnesota prep. So, where is Minnesota prep in relation to Texas? Like, is it's it's for listeners? Is it in Texas or is it actually in Minnesota? Because it's hard to put an idea like where these this is located. Uh, it's gonna, I'm gonna just give you the whole rundown. So basically, I had went to Berkner High School. My my first two years of high school. As a freshman in high school, I was playing, you know, JV. And, you know, I was basically killing those dudes in JV. I mean, I was averaging almost 30 points a game. You know, I was just just showing the coach for varsity that I was, you know, capable and I wanted to, you know, play at the highest level. So he put me in varsity as a freshman. I wasn't really getting as much play time as I needed. But, you know, and then sophomore year comes up. I'm a, I'm a sophomore. I'm playing on varsity. And I was averaging, I'll probably say, about – maybe 12 to 13 points a game. Um, it was some it was some games where, I, you know, I had, you know, I had some games where I just, you know, I did my thing. It was some games where I didn't. But, you know, I, I didn't think I was really getting the recognition that I needed when I was in Texas. And 
I felt like, you know, me coming out of Texas, I thought that I was, you know, going to get the respect that I needed. And it turns out I didn't. So after my sophomore year of high school, me and my dad, we looked at some other options and Minnesota Prep came into the books. Um, my mentor, his name is Mazark Winnie, shout out to Mazark. He reached out to me and he noticed that I wasn't really getting the looks that I wanted. Um, when I was playing at high school, at Burton High School, um, I only had two offers and that was from DePaul and Tulsa. Not to say nothing was bad about that, but you know, me wanting to be able to, you know, go out and show the world what I was capable of. So transferred to Minnesota Prep after my sophomore year and coming into my junior year, um, I played my first year in the ground session. You know, everybody knows the ground session, you know. You can name a lot of players that come from the ground session. You know, you got Jalen Green, who um, else? He's, uh, we, got, we got a lot of players that come from the ground session. So I played in the ground session my first year. And, you know, this your junior year. That's the year that you want to really, you know, take off and, you know, show the people what you're capable of. And that's exactly what I did. You know, average of 22 points, you know, seven rebounds, six assists. And as I was playing, you know, in the ground session, that's how I noticed that the offers start coming in. And I was getting calls from Georgetown, uh, Arizona State, Oregon, Oregon State, Memphis. I mean, the list goes on. So I think that jump from going from public school in my high school in Texas to going to Minnesota Prep, I think that was a huge jump for me. And especially my recruitment, because like I said before, I wanted to go out and show the people what I was capable of. So me making that move to Minnesota Prep was probably one of my best moves I made throughout my whole year playing basketball. So you, you mentioned that you initially signed with Tulsa in November of 2021, right? But you were released and you were able to reopen your recruitment following the coaching change. I'm assuming Frank Haith was the coach at Tulsa at that time who was recruiting you. Well, funny story. Guess where he ended up coaching next? This. I, I, and, and guess where you didn't go? Hmm. Hmm. That's, you know – I'm kidding, man. It's no, nah, it's all good. It's all good. I got, I got. If if I didn't give you any 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 crap about it, man, then what kind of Memphis fan would I be? You but know? just think, had he chose Memphis and been a Cowboys fan, Daniel, man, y'all would be a bit sink. I might. I mean, you know, it, it could it could be. We could have a different relationship right now, DJ. We really could. Just think, man. We could have been best friends. Yeah, for sure. That's right. No, it's it's all good, man. I I just giving you crap, man, because you know it, it's it's fun. But I obviously you get released, and then your stock rose significantly after an impressive showing at the Iverson Classic, which was in Memphis in April. Um, the three of us being from Memphis, um, you know, all three of our uh, the hosts here, you know, how big of a deal is the Iverson Classic, and how do you get selected to play in the event? Um, and just because the talent level there, like, is, is unmatched. Man. So how do you, how do you, like, first, I guess, tell me about how, how big of a deal it is to play in that Iverson Classic, but then talk to me about, you know, the talent that's in that thing that you were playing up against. Um, I'm not going to lie, playing in that Iverson Classic was one of the best events that I've ever played in in my career playing basketball, I mean, just, you know, seeing all the coaches that that's played in the league and, you know, they knew what it takes to get to the league and just to see them, you know, coaching me, you know, mentoring me, you know, giving me advice throughout the whole event was just amazing. You know, you got 
Steven Jackson, you know, you got Allen Iverson, you know, J.R. Smith pulled up. Um, you know, a lot of players, a lot of players that used to play back in the day, but you know, the talent level up there was unmatched. I mean, you got, like I said, Casey Wallace was there, Anthony Black. Um, I mean, Keontae George was there, uh, BJ Edwards was there. I mean, the whole gym was just, you know, full of talent. But so me playing in that Iverson camp was another was a way for me to, you know, reopen, like, you know, get more colleges, you know, get an understanding of who I was on the court. And just playing in that event, knowing that I knew big stars were going to be there. Um, John Morant even pulled up, you know, just knowing that those type of type of guys were going to be there, I wanted to, you know, show them what I was capable of and just showing that I had a game myself. So, you know, I put on a great show in the All-American game. And, you know, after that, and that's when I had a call from Tennessee. And then that's how actually got here so yeah all right so so really essentially it was going there and showing out which is how tennessee came in the mix yes sir so did you ever visit tennessee or it was when you got an offer you were like no i'm going there like that's that's the spot so basically how it happened was i played in the all-american game i think i had put on a great performance Uh, i think i didn't really have too many points but I, i put out a good performance um we had went to the Dr. Martin Luther King Museum and we had, you know, toured there. And then on our way back to the hotel, I get a call and it turns out it was Rod Clark, the assistant coach, shout out to Rod Clark. And he just reached out to me. He was just letting me know, like, yo, I love the game. You, you know, you got that dog mentality in you and we want to offer you a full scholarship. So just hearing that, you know, kind of made my heart drop because I didn't expect the call. I mean, even though my dad told me that I was going to get the call, but I didn't expect it to you know, beat Tennessee. I thought it was going to be another college, but, you know, just, you know, just hearing that made my heart drop. And, then, you know, I went out and came back home after the privacy uh, event. And then I had one on an official visit to Tennessee, I believe five days before my birthday. And I went out there. I love the visit, the atmosphere, the people there, the players, the coaches. I mean, they were just, you know, showing me unconditional love and, I apologize. The second day before I left on my visit, we were at a restaurant called Walk Ons, and you know, just how you know the players and the coaches were just interacting with me, and just just the respect that they were showing me is just you know I really not to say I, didn't, I wasn't getting it from any other colleges, but it's like with Tennessee, I thought they were they had treated me like family, and then, you know that's all I'm really about. I'm all about family, so and I, that's when I had made the move to go ahead and commit to Tennessee. So DJ, you talk about that atmosphere and how they treated you. When you first get to Knoxville, I mean, is it more of the same or do you get shown even more love now that you are a VFL? Now that I, now that I am a VFL, uh, I, I get shown even more love. I mean, you know, I got people making me shirts now, you know, got me going to events, you know, giving advice to kids, you know, playing games with kids, you know, signing autographs with kids, taking pictures with kids, just little things like that. That's just, that just shows me how much love that Knoxville has for me. And that's all I ever wanted college. Yeah, and so also speaking of atmosphere, I got to know, DJ, did you uh, – obviously it shows a lot. You Each sports team kind of, you know, supports one another. Did you get a chance to go to a bunch of football games? Oh, for sure. I had mostly – I actually went to the Austin P game this last weekend. My lot of the crowd, the crowd that was crazy. Like I said, the atmosphere that was amazing. Um, it was a couple of people there that noticed who I was, but not a lot of people did it, but that's okay, but – you know, I just went out there just to, you know, show love for the football players. And, you know, turns out they had got the win. And shout out to them for getting that win this last weekend. 
you know, now we getting ready to play Florida this weekend. So I'm looking forward to that, even though I'm not going to be in Florida, but I'm definitely looking forward to that too. So. Were you on the field last year when they beat Alabama? And that's the thing. This is a crazy story. Listen to Okay, so boom, right? I was at the game. I was at the game, and the game wasn't really – I'm not going to say it wasn't really, like – it was good, but, like, in the beginning, like, the first two quarters, it wasn't like nothing was really going on. So I left, and I went back to my room, and I was playing my game. Turns out the last quarter I was watching it, I watched like the last, I'll probably say the last 10 minutes and it was a tiebreaker. And so I just turned the game on. Next thing you know, I just hear the crowds just going crazy. Like I'm living, like my dorm, like from, from my dorm to the stadium, it's probably like a 10 minute walk, not even a 10 minute, like almost like a five minute walk. You just hear nothing but just people screaming like across my dorms, people screaming outside, fireworks going off. And that's how I knew that we won. And I felt bad for myself because it's like I should have never left that game. Because if I would have been at that game, I would have definitely been on that football. Randy, I got to ask, is Paul Skeens off the hook now? Because at least Paul Skeens left because he had to go to sleep to pitch the next day. Because he he left the LSU-Alabama game at halftime. And obviously, you know, LSU won at the end. um, And they stormed the field just like Tennessee did. But he went to go to sleep. You wouldn't play games. Randy, I think he now owns the crown. I, you know, Paul just doesn't seem like the kind of guy that would have rushed the field, though. You know, he's like too cool for school type. I think DJ would have been down there. He would be carrying the, the post. He would have been carrying the post to the river. I would have been on that field immediately as soon as we all saw that game. But you know, yeah, that's 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 like the only game that I regret leaving. So next this year coming for sure, I'm gonna be at that game for sure. Look, and Georgia's coming into Knoxville this year, so be there because we're gonna do the same thing to them. For sure, that's a bad set. So, listen, back on to you, though. So, your first year under Rick Barnes, you end up redshirting. How does that decision come to be? Um, me redshirting last year, I'm definitely going to say that's one of my best decisions that I made. You know, even though I wanted to go out there and, you know, help my team win. But that redshirt process was just another opportunity for me to grow as a player and as a person. Um, you know, translation, translating from, you know, high school to college, you know, that's a big transition. So, you know, I just – you know, a lot of things were, you know, being thrown at me and I wasn't able to, you know, catch those. So, you know, they just sat down with me and they was like, maybe it's just, you know, it would be just best for you to just, you know, just rest or just to, you know, get accustomed to the system and, you know, getting used to the college lifestyle. So I chose that route and I'm not going to lie. I think I've, I've grown a lot from doing that. And I want to shout out to the coaches for that because, I mean, ain't no telling what I would have done if I would have never registered. But, I mean... Doing that, doing that was like one of the best things that I've done so far. So. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you get to travel with the team and experience all you know the highs and the lows of the season. Right, doesn't go perfect, but at a lot of high moments. Uh, but what was your biggest takeaway from the redshirt experience? Biggest takeaway from the redshirt experience, I would say, just being the hardest working on the floor. Um, you know, working hard when nobody's looking getting advice from the older guys that, you know, went through the process. Like, for instance, Josiah, Jordan, James, and Santi, you know, they're going in their fifth year. And, you know, they know more about Tennessee basketball than I do. So I just, you know, go up to those guys, you know, I just ask all the questions that I need, whether it's about basketball or if it's not about basketball. You know, just getting advice from them. Also, Zakai Ziggler as well, you know, he's going into his junior year. But, you know, I've known he's done a lot for Tennessee since he's been here. So I'll get advice from him as well. So. 
you know, just like I said, just being the hardest worker, you know, working hard when everybody's looking and getting advice from the other guys. You know, DJ, it's it's not often that when you're on a college basketball team, you get to have a couple of grandpas you can ask these questions to. But it seems like Triple J and and Vescovi, too, like they've been there forever. Obviously, we're lucky to have them as Tennessee fans, as you, as a teammate. But, it's you know, those guys have a tremendous amount of experience. I mean, yeah. it just I can't imagine what it's like. Learn. It's like having another coach sitting yeah. there on the bench with you. You're on the floor. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, you know, if I were running a play during practice and I mess up a play, they're just so quick to, you know, just, you know, just guide me, just correct me even when I'm wrong. And, you know, just getting like just getting that type of, you know, feedback, you know, just getting that type of, you know, um, that type of correction from him just to help me, you know, throughout the plays or like the defensive settings on the court, just, just helping me out, you know, helping me get an understanding of the game. So coming up game time, I know exactly what's going on. I don't have to ask questions. I just, I just, you know, go with the flow. Absolutely. Speaking speaking of game time, we've seen videos of you all summer dunking on people in the weight room videos on IG. Uh, saw your first action as a vault in the uh, three-game exhibition, the tour in Italy, right? You're a culture guy now. You got to start earning seven points a game. First of all, I got to ask about the experience of just being in Italy. Basketball aside, what was Italy like? Italy was one of the best trips I've ever been on in my entire life. Just visiting the cities, we went to Rome, Florence, Lake Como. We did a boat tour in Lake Como. The view was beautiful. You know, the food was great. The people there was amazing. You know, even though we were there for, you know, basketball, we we're also there for a vacation, you know, just to get away, you know, do a little bit of bonding, you know, with the coaches, with the players, and with other people in Italy as well. And turns out there were actually people from Knoxville who went to Italy with us so just to see that too just it was just a great experience it was a lot of fun so it's and not just ball nation it's ball worldwide ball worldwide baby you guys to know it that's too so obviously after the red shirt you know you talk about working hard we've seen you working hard in the gym just where are you at with all your training and experience you feel like now is the jumping off point for you I think I think this year will definitely be the jumping off point for me um I'm still learning you know I'm still you know, learning from the older guys, you know, still asking questions. But once once that first game come on and Coach Barnes calls my number, I'm going to definitely be ready for sure. No, absolutely. Talk about some of the uh, older guys, the experienced guys. A lot of those guys weren't even expected to be back, but huge offseason for the balls. Not only you with more experience, but now you got Vascovi, you got Josiah Jordan-James, Meshack, Adu, Zakai Ziegler, obviously coming back off his ACL injury. But the transfers coming in as well. These, I mean, this team looks loaded with talent. First thing I want to ask you is, have you ever been on a team with this much talent? And secondly, we've seen you guys ranked anywhere from like five to ten. So how are you guys dealing with the expectations going into the season? I think our expectations come through to the season is just, you know, like I said, just being dogs on the court, you know, do whatever it is the coaches want us to do. And because, you know, at the end of the day, that's Rick Barnes. I mean, he's been doing this for 35-plus years. So he knows what he's talking about. So. But, no, the talent on our team this year is just amazing. I mean, you got, you know, Cameron Carr coming in. You got J.P. Estrella, Kay Phillips. Um, you got Don Connect coming through from northern Colorado. You got Jordan Gainey coming from New State. I mean, those guys, they they bring a lot to the table, and I think they're going to do great things for us here in Tennessee. So, uh, we're, we're going to do some no. things this year for sure. Absolutely, man. Last question before we get to the fun stuff, man. You, you mentioned Rick Barnes a bunch. Obviously, great coaching staff around his experience. Uh, a lot is made uh, throughout the the years of Rick Barnes and his intensity. So just just real quick, not asking you to throw him under the bus. What's it like playing for a guy not only with that much experience, 
but just with his intensity on the sidelines. You know, it's crazy. Speaking of Rick Barnes, he's calling me right now. <laughs> Uh-oh, you better answer that, man. We don't want to be the reason that you don't answer. I mean, playing under Coach Barnes, I mean, it don't get no better. Um, I mean, if you're going to play under Coach Barnes, you better come at your A game because he's coming at you for sure. You know, he's, he's a really great dude. I mean, you know, he just wants what's best for you. He always wants to see his players work hard, you know, push themselves to the limit and, you know, like I said before, you know, he wants you to be ready coming up game time because if he, you know, draws that play on the board and you go out and, you you know, you don't execute, then he's going to be a bad man. And you don't want to see a bad Coach Barnes because a bad Coach Barnes is a bad Coach Barnes, if you ask me. <laughs> We've seen that a lot in practice. So, I mean, but no, nah, Coach Barnes is a great dude. I mean, he knows what he's talking about. He's been doing this for almost 50 years. So, I mean, can't get no better playing out of Coach Barnes. I mean, great dude, great dude. Nope. No doubt. You know, Randy, we had a missed opportunity. You know, we obviously had to pause the episode. So, so our man could take a call from Rick. And, you know, we know Daniel has a certain feeling for Rick Barnes. And, you know, we should have had DJ just tell him how Daniel just really feels about him. We had a chance to expose the host of our show right there. Daniel, I mean, why, don't you ahead, why don't you go ahead and tell DJ that you don't like Rick Barnes at you, all? You should have had Rick on speakerphone so I could have been like, Rick Barnes. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, hey, we Memphis, we Look, Memphis hey, here. I, DJ, I've been trying to, I've been trying to tell DB that, like, you might think you want that Rick Barnes smoke, but you don't want that Rick Barnes smoke. Because I'm not gonna lie, coming in, I came on my visit. I'm not gonna lie, it's a true story. It's a true story. I came on my visit. I'm talking about dude was just, I mean, Coach Barnes was just the coolest dude ever. I mean, he was smiling all the time. He was making jokes, but I came into the summer. Totally different person. I, Cause I look back, I was like, "Yo, I was like, nah, never mind. I ain't even gonna question that. That that just tells me anything I need to know. He he gonna show that he's a good dude off the court, but on the court, yeah, he 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 mentally locked in. So as long as you locked in, like Coach Barnes locked in, you're not gonna have no problems. Yeah, it's not because Dan, it's not because Daniel has anything personal. It's because just because he's the Tennessee coach, we Memphis here, so West East, you know, it, it's a battle. So. We have those feelings naturally. As a matter of fact, I mean, we can't it's not wait. much of a battle. I mean, well, because y'all won't play us, but that's a that's another. Yeah. I forget. Story. Hey, DJ, you didn't play there yet, but a couple years ago, I drove up to Nashville and uh, Tennessee was on the court. We were warming up. Memphis too scared to come in the building, dog. You believe that? Really? We're we're gonna go. We're gonna go that route. Daniel, did was Tennessee on the court warming up? And no, then no. did Tennessee not enter squad since, scrimmage? Since, since you're gonna do Daniel, took a bus back gonna, to the crib. Since you're gonna do Daniel like we're, that, we're talking about other teams canceling games, and we get mad because we didn't take the court because of COVID protocols. No, and the same but, dude that they said had COVID, I seen my whole eyes in the parking no. lot hugging up on folks. Hold, hold on, Randy. Since you're, gonna, since you're gonna do that to Daniel, I don't, don't want to get you. political on this show. No, hold on, Daniel. I'm going to put Randy on front street. <laughs> hey, Randy, what exact city of Memphis do you live in? Uh, Barlett. Where was the Iverson Classic held? Barlett. Did you go watch DJ play? No, you I didn't. did not. So you know DJ, what? let me tell you, that's not putting me on blast. DJ, I have a daughter that plays competitive travel ball, and we was at a training, like a showcase tournament that weekend, like at, at, at college recruit, so. I ain't sorry. I didn't. I, hey, I hate I didn't see you. you. I hate I didn't see you, dog. But look, I promise you, I'll catch you before you leave Tennessee. Sure. sure. All right. So let's move. Since we're already having a fun portion, we're gonna move on to the game called This or That. DJ, it's basically as simple as 
We give you an op or two options. You choose one or the other. You can't say neither. You can't say both. You down to play? Down to play. Let's get it. All right. This week's version of This or That is brought to you by Busy Bees Boutique, where you can get your DJ Jefferson NIL apparel, including the cartoon shirt my man is wearing right now. So you can find yeah, it. Man. You see it. Go get y'all one, man. It's going to make drop it soon. Make drop it soon. There you go. Perfect. Randy, you better be ordering right now. That's what he's doing. He's, 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 I see you typing. Go ahead. All right. First question. You prefer sausage or bacon? Sausage. Ooh. Yeah, sausage. sausage, sausage. Nah. Weak answer. Move, moving on. If you were left on an island with either your worst enemy or no one at all, what would you rather have? So you're stranded. Like, you ain't fixing to get off. You want to be by yourself, you want to be with your worst enemy. I'll probably say my worst enemy because we can hate each other as much as we can, but we're both not going to die. So we're going to have to work together regardless. So I'll probably say my worst enemy. Exactly. All right, this this one's a tough one, man. Uh, I think, you know, as an LSU guy, I think Tennessee, doesn't matter what sport you're talking about, they got the best uniforms. I get hated on all the time for it. But especially in football, man, I'm a fan of a fan of both the smoky grays and the dark mode blacks. Which one do you prefer? Uh, smoky grays. That's that's the right answer. That's that's the one I love. That's the ones that y'all decided to wear into Baton Rouge last year and beat our ass. So, um, <laughs> thanks for not only beating us down but looking good doing it. Um, would you rather own a massive yacht or a private jet? Massive yacht. Right answer again. All right. This one's interesting because you were in Texas and then you went to Minnesota. So I feel like you've kind of lived this life. Would you rather spend an hour in a walk-in freezer or two hours in a sauna? Two hours in a sauna. So I take it based upon that answer real quick. You enjoyed the weather of Texas more than Minnesota. Not Minnesota weather is not it. It's bad. I mean, <laughs> negative 20, negative 30 degrees. The ground is all slick. I mean, I can't do it. So I'd rather take two hours. Of I don't I don't know how you did it, man. I, I visited up that way one time and the wind was freezing my face. And I was like, I mean, I was just there for a day. I was like, how people live here? Trust me, I couldn't take it myself. I don't know how I, I don't know how I make it out of there. I'm not gonna lie. All right, so would you rather have Kyrie's handles or Curry's jump shot? Uh, that's a tough one. Oh, man, that's a tough one. I would definitely say Kyrie's handles because I think I'm a good shooter already, so I'll take Kyrie's handles for sure. All right, who do you think has a bigger future, Anthony Edwards or Ja Morant? Anthony Edwards, for sure. Especially seeing the performance he put for Team USA this year. Ooh, Daniel, he really getting at you now, brother. And I'm only saying this, and I'm only saying this because of what John Moran had did, but we're not going to speak on that, though. There you go. There we go. Let's keep, let's, let's keep it clean. Though, Randy, I almost didn't keep it clean out the, out the gate. Before you got here, my man's favorite, favorite athlete is Kevin Durant. It don't sit well with me, man. A slim reaper. Who would? I mean, who wouldn't want to model their name? Oh, oh, a, a Westbrook fan. You gotta, you gotta think about it. He's seven foot. He can shoot. He, he can bailed. On, he bailed on my boy to go join the Warriors. He wanted a championship. 
he he could have got one. They, on they, just, they needed one more year. They needed one more year. Well, I'm glad you brought up championship because the last question is the championship and money question. Right now, I present to you, in front of you, a duffel bag with a million dollars or a national championship ring with the University of Tennessee. Which one you taking? Yeah. Give me that ring. I need that. I'm going to get the money later. I want the ring. I want a natty. <laughs> national wow. championship, baby. I want that ring. I want the ring. Uh, I want a million dollars. If I if I had a suitcase handcuffed to my wrist and I, I walked in there, I un, unbuckled it off my wrist and I laid it in front of you, or I had a little silly ring sitting right there. I said, you, I'm going to walk out of here, DJ. You could take whichever one you want, and I'm going to come back and get the other one. You're seriously just going to let some Chris Benjamins in a briefcase just sit there. I want that you want to know? You, you want to know why DJ his answer matters? Go ahead and go ahead and grab it off the shelf, Daniel. Yeah, I mean, I, you, I got you, you got a guy with a national championship ring, and he's telling you, man, you just, need to take that mill. You you could, I'll trade this in for a million dollars <laughs> in a in a minute. But you know what it's like to win one. DJ's still trying to get that natty. True. Is Daniel? Let me ask you this. I, I we've never talked about this before. We always mess with the guests. But that was coaching a national championship. Would it be different if you were the player instead? No, not at all. <laughs> he didn't even hesitate, Randy. Not he said, said that with no hesitation. <laughs> I got two kids, and I feel like the, the more kids someone has, the more that answer is really easy to answer. So, but no, I I, I don't discredit the hard worker or anything. And that dedication that it takes to get one because it's it's an incredible journey when you get one and it's super fulfilling. And I, you know, I talk about giving that ring away, but like the reality is like that's a big deal. Like no not everybody can say they got one and or they earned it, or nobody can talk about all the hard work that they put in to get it. So I mean, think about this. I Daniel. definitely cherish that thing for sure. Daniel, if you think about this, he's he has said the right answers. Being from Texas, he says Kevin Durant, who obviously University of Texas you watched growing up, he said for karaoke he would sing Rocky Top, and now he's saying national championship. He said all the right answers. He's done what he's supposed to do. You're right. That's too man. You know, I here here's the bittersweet feeling is if you win one, that means my team didn't. So. <laughs> You take know, that to it, the take it, that to the bank. If if it ain't if it ain't my team, I hope it's you. There you go. <laughs> you you don't even mean that. I I do mean that. No, you do not. Man, bringing an addict to here that would change the whole. Because Randy will never let you stop hearing about it, Daniel. No, that's fine. I mean, you thought y'all you thought not showing up in Nashville was bad. Woo, boy, let us put a <laughs> let us put a natty on the shelf, boy. I mean, right. like I, I, another... I tell you what, DJ, it's looking good for you because we we call it the end off the bench effect. Man, a lot of guests come on this show and then win a national championship that season, and you are our only college basketball guest so far. So, Randy's probably gonna make sure I schedule no other college basketball guests. It's gonna be Tennessee only. Y'all gonna be the front runners then. Go, all right, DJ, man. Before you bounce, anything you want to plug or promote? Um, go ahead. Get y'all t-shirts. The link's dropping soon. I'm going to put it on my Instagram. 
Go follow me on Instagram at four bucket. That's number four B U C K. The number three T underscore. I repeat the number four B U C K. The number three T underscore. We're gonna drop the link on there. Y'all guys go copy our shirt. Absolutely. See, that's what you're supposed to do when you say anything you want to plug or promote. These cats come on here and go, no, I'm good. And I have to do all the work for them. You plug, you plug the brand, you plug the shirt, you plug the busy bees, you plug your personal Instagram. The only thing I'll add to it is if y'all want to know what the Vols are up to during hoop season, IG Vol underscore hoops, give you an update on games. It'll give you some hype videos. It'll give you stats. It'll give you the whole nine, man. Go check them out. DJ, man, we wish you nothing but the best. Hopefully, we can get you back on. We'll talk about the season, you know, towards awesome. the end. Oh, certainly. I appreciate you guys having me. Really, I appreciate it. Thank you. Absolutely. That's DJ Jefferson. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to plug our sponsors. When we come back, we got some headlines for you. Do you like having posters and supporting your favorite athletes? Well, the Athletic Collection gives you a chance to do that with the best posters in the game. They have many different teams with many different sports. Myself, as an LSU fan, I just got myself LSU baseball, LSU gymnastics, and LSU soccer posters to put up in the man cave. So get your posters today at the Athletic Collection, which you can find on Instagram and Twitter. Welcome back to the In Off the Bench podcast. We got some headlines, and by headlines, I mean we got to start with college football. Randy, your Vols—they picked up a W. I don't know um, more people that are more disappointed with the W um, than Vols Nation right now. So tell me a little bit about this game. Is if if you don't win by seventy, are you, you guys? Is this going to be the the outlook all season? I mean, you know, I think that, yeah, probably. Vol Nation is uh, nothing if not uh, frantic. But I think, you know, for me, I think that at this point, you look, before you get into SEC play, you want to go into it unscathed. You already lost your center, Cooper Mays, for a couple weeks. So all I really cared about, DB, was seeing some signs of improvement. But as bad as I think Tennessee was off, their rhythm was off. I shout out to Austin P, man. Those guys came in a 48 point underdog. Um, I got a good friend of mine, Mike King. His son, Chase King, is actually on that coaching staff, director of player personnel. Mike King, huge Tennessee fan. His son on the other sideline. So Mike was in Knoxville this weekend wearing Austin P gear, thinking that his team's still going to win by 50, but his son's out there. But they went in there and, and did their thing, man. I thought that, uh, Delelio, I don't know if I'm no 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 offense, bro. I don't know how to pronounce your name exactly, but that kid was tough as nails. And I thought that uh Milton was just a little off. Look, Tennessee still put up 456 yards of offense. They still scored 30 on a day that they really couldn't seem to find their rhythm. So I think it's a dub. You go and now you're going into the swamp. They had a players only meeting today, and they didn't even lose, DB. So this is more of like, hey, everything's still in front of us. All we got to do is lock in, and I think that's true. I don't take really anything away from it other than they got a dub. They're 2-0. Alabama can't say that, DB. No, they can't. Let me ask you this. Since you talk, since you brought it up, what's your, what's your feeling on players-only meetings? Are they beneficial? Are they worth it? Or could you not do it and get the same, like, like to me, it's like, all right, I don't have to have a meeting for somebody to tell me that we didn't play well or play good enough or we need to do better, especially when you turn around the next fucking week and you got Florida. Like, if you can't so, get up for that game, like, what are we doing? 
Yeah, check your poll. So, uh, you know, you and I are both managers, right? We, we manage teams. So you find whatever motivates that team. And in a locker room, you do the same thing. Joe Milton is a leader. He's been in college for 11 years. So I think that he took the temperature of the team and he thought that was necessary. And all of the talk after the meeting was that it was a great meeting. They're locked in. And if that's what they needed to kind of get their focus right, then I'm fine with it, man. I, I don't know how to, you know, I don't get on anybody on how they motivate their team. And if that's what Joe Milton thought was best, do your thing, baby. If, if All it, I want to do is why they didn't throw the damn ball downfield, DB. If it wasn't for the players only meeting and remember the Titans, they don't win at all. That's all I'm saying. That's big facts. That's big facts. So when we when we go to your team, Jim, LSU, I mean, you you texted like early in the game, disappointed, but then it turned around and it was fine. So was it was it fine or was it not good enough or was it what was well, it? Well, I mean, they Grambling marched right back down the field after we scored effortlessly, so did they. And then they came back down and got a field goal. So in the time in which I texted y'all that, it was 14-10. Obviously, the game ended 72-10. to But when your defense gives up 10 points the first two drives to a school like that, um, there's some cause for concern. And, I mean, I'm a realist. That's still cause for concern going forward, right? Because if you start slow like that against somebody else, let's just say Mississippi State this weekend, and you let Mississippi State hang a couple touchdowns early, it's going to be completely different because you're not fixing to roll up 72 on them. Um, but overall, you know, they look good. Um, my biggest takeaway is uh, I, I want to go on a positive in the environment section. I've been there for many games where it was non-con. And uh, I think that's the most packed out. I mean, it was absolutely electric in there. You would have never known that that's who they were playing. And so I uh, had to fly over and a packed out house. And 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 the, and the cool thing about Grambling is uh, their band, Halftime, um, shout out to them, put on a show. So um, a great overall environment. Nonetheless, you you do hang 70. It looks good. Nussmeyer gets to throw the ball around the yard. Um, all the running backs getting their time in, get the – getting the backups in on all positions. So uh, big win, uh, setting themselves up for, you know, uh, obviously I was there this past week. I'll be there this weekend in Starkville. Um, 11 a.m. kick, so we'll, we'll see how it goes. But overall, great experience. Uh, lo loved being there down in Death Valley at night. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, Memphis goes to Arkansas State. They go 75 miles. Uh, into Jones Boogie. Um, they take care of business. They do what they needed to do. Um, you know, Seth Hennigan, 21 of 29, uh, no passing touchdowns. Um, but uh, I'm sorry, uh, 21, 29, two touchdowns, one passing touchdown to uh, Joe Skates and another passing touchdown to Toski Dove, two guys that won Played last week, but didn't have a whole lot of output. Um, Toski Dove, who gets back in, gets his thing, transfer um, from Missouri. But then you get Joe Skates, who didn't play last week, is highly touted as being a guy that is athletic and can be a big play explosive guy. He finds the end zone. Um, the one, There's two really big takeaways. One, the running depth that we have at Memphis this year is, is good. Um, you know, Blake Watson got the bulk of the carries as he should. Um, he looked very good in, in week one, looked very good this week. Um, 
20 carries, 51 yards, but Katravian Hargrove averaging eight and a half for a touchdown. Um, but the big takeaway is the defense. The defense is much improved. And, you know, I, I don't – I'll ask you guys, Randy, when you look at the Memphis D, is it something to go, all right, they are good, or is it still to be tested because you played uh, FCS school, the one of the worst, and then an FBS school, one of the worst, and you, you, your defense was great, which they should have been. Um, are they good, or will this week against Navy on a short week against a, a quirky offense, will that tell you a little bit more? Yeah, I think it will, but I, you know, I don't ever want to diminish uh, college kids going out and getting dubs, right? Because you know, we know obviously Bethune Cookman they were really trying to win that game. Arkansas State was trying to win that game, and Memphis did what they should have done. They they dominated both of the games, and we talked about it last week on the show that Hennigan needed to be better. And you know, him passing for two, running for another one, like he he did play better. He didn't turn the ball over. And Arkansas State, look, that's a team that lost 73 to nothing the week before. They were back at home with everything to play for. Those teams playing for pride. It's not like they were laying down. Um, so I, I think that, uh, you know, shout out to Memphis for their defense doing what they did. I think they're disruptive in the backfield, and that is going to definitely come into play. If not against Navy, it will against, you know, Central uh, Boise State coming up, um, SMU. I mean, they got a, they got a lot of practice games to get ready for the ones that really matter. And to be clear, Daniel, remember I put them on the parlay. They covered the 21 and a half. Yeah, you were a little nervous for me making that one. Well, I mean, scoring a touchdown on the last play helps. I mean, yes, thank you, Memphis. I mean, um, but, yeah, I, I don't want to diminish what they're, what they're doing. Um, I, I think they're taking positive steps in the right direction. I think this week on a short week um, against a, a traditionally quirky offense, um, if they can go out and do what they should, which they should beat this team, then I'll feel a little bit more comfortable, especially going into um, a game, games against Boise State, Missouri, and then Tulane. So, um, you know, I think there's a lot to be excited for. I think if we just continue the momentum and can continue just to get better each week, I think you know, it's a lot of coach speak that just came out of my mouth there, but I think it's it's true. Um, get one percent better every day. Uh, Sixty minutes at a time. Yep, one play at a time. We're gonna do one day at a time. You know, practice. We're gonna practice our heart hearts out. We're gonna practice our butts off. We're gonna make sure practice is harder than the game. That way, on the game, it's easy. Those guys don't want anything of us. You want me to keep going? We're good. No, we're good. Well, right. I heard Ryan Silverfield's press conference. I'm I'm fine. Yeah, you're 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 every all your questions have been dissolved and and things are good. You're 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 ready to rock. So, uh, getting into top um, you know twenty five games that aren't our teams. You had you know Bama and Texas, the game basically the game of the week. Um, Texas goes into Alabama and and, and beats them. Um, would you say? that it was a decisive beating or would you say that, you know, Alabama hung in the game to me? I, I think Texas pretty much beat them. It was just flat out beat them. Like there was no like, but I mean, it was, tw it was 27 to 24 in the fourth before Texas put ahead by 10. But I think what was, ex we, what we had was exposed was, 
the question coming in, you know, Randy definitely hammered on. This is the first time that we could ever remember, you know, in the Saban era, really, that you could talk about who was going to be the quarterback and who was going to be at the helm. And I got it right here. Miller was 14 for 27 for 255, two touchdowns, two INTs. You know, they their leading rusher had 45 yards, which is the most uncharacteristic stat you'll ever see in Alabama. Then on the flip side, the crazy part is, Daniel, do you know Quinn Ewers and Joe Burrow both came from Ohio State, and they're the last two quarterbacks to go into Tuscaloosa and win? Do you know that? I, I do know that. I heard that today. So, oh. so do you think, you think coaches around the country are like, what – what backup do you guys have up there at Ohio State we could get to transfer in here? Maybe. <laughs> Who knows? I mean, the, the, the transfer portal is wide open. Yeah. And, Quinn, you were shout-out to him because we talked about this on the show before when he was at Ohio State. His NIL deal that he got when he was at Ohio State, when he transferred to Texas, he returned every bit of it, and you don't got to do that. He did that on his own free will and then signed another bag when he got to Texas. So shout out to him with the G but company. Since you, shout out, since you shouted him out and he got the dub, let me bring him down by trying to say that replicating that Joe Burrow picture, please stop. There's only one. Well, there's only one cigar. Just stop. Well, one of them was like smoking a cigar and one of them was losing my three touchdowns to the Browns. But listen, I want to talk about Texas Ooh. real quick for, for a second. And, I, and I, look, we talked about. Hey, he got, hold on, no, he got paid two hundred seventy-five million dollars. Watch your mouth. Yeah, yeah, he's chilling. He's got a little hangover. But uh, you talked about the game being close. Yes, by score it was close. But what I thought happened was Texas was up ten multiple times. They were at double digits. It forced Alabama to go away from the run game and pass it. That's not their strength. But the biggest glaring thing to me was that Quinn Ewers dominated that game. He had over three. He had three hundred and forty-nine yards. I think he did what he wanted to do. Texas defensive line was also able to penetrate. The offensive line, I mean, they were causing disruptions for Milrow. I'm not willing to put it all on Milrow because I think he was put in a position where he can't really succeed. They need to be able to run the ball. Well, the reason why I say about him, defense. Randy, is is go back. I know you remember – you could probably remember it like it was yesterday. Why did they beat Texas last year? Bryce Young on that last drive put them on his back and made he did. spectacular plays. And so I'm not saying I'm expecting this guy to be Bryce Young, but what I'm saying is in, previous, in the previous year, the same matchup – it took the quarterback making outstanding plays to get it done. No, I agree with that. And I think if you go back, if you want to go back to that, had Texas not had their quarterback injured last year, they probably are talking about two wins in a row over Alabama. And I just think that it's, there's some there's some chinks in the armor right now. Saban has got some serious questions to be answered. Quarterback position is a definite one, but that defense does not look like an Alabama defense. Look, I, Texas rolled into Tuscaloosa. They, I, they put up, what, 460? Yeah, I, I think – the, the problem with Alabama's quarterback isn't so much the guy that's that's taking the snaps right now. It's the guys who took the snaps before he was even there. They were so good at that position. Now you have a guy that's not that level that you're go the 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 immediate you know reaction is oh he's not that good. It's him. He's losing us a game. But the defense can't play like that. No, I agree, because think about it. If you think about the quarterbacks, like Greg McElroy and those dudes, like, they they didn't just, like, even Mac Jones, like, you didn't just like, like, you got the Tua's and the Bryce's. I get all that. But they've had a lot of teams that didn't have great quarterbacking that were national championship. Like, the year that they beat uh, LSU 
whatever nine to six or whatever that score it was un ungod unwatchable. No, L LSU beat them and everybody wanted to and see it they, for a second time. Yeah, yeah LSU no. won. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. But I'm saying like neither quarterback was good for either team. But both teams' defenses were so elite. They had such great playmakers in the backfield and on the edges that it was fun to watch, even though it was nine to six. There was there was a stat that came out about that um, team on how many pros were playing on those two teams that met that year, specifically defense. So it was one of those things that, yeah, like uh, you look back on it, it was an ugly game, but it kind of it kind of makes sense. But let me ask you a question, um, boys. Um, and, you know, we got one more game to talk about, and it's going to kind of fit into this category. When we talk about the struggles of Alabama, even though LSU did hang 72, we saw what happened against Florida State. Um, they did have a slow start against uh, Grambling, and then – you look at Arkansas struggling this week. You look at Mississippi State having to go to overtime. Um, you look at Auburn pulling it out at the very end against Cal. Is this going to be the weakest we've probably seen the West in a decade? I think it's the weakest you're going to see the entire SEC. Probably so. And I think that every, for all the talk that was made, and we'll talk about more about this, I'm sure, about can Georgia do a three-peat, I mean, even though they have some question marks at quarterback, what we think is a question mark doesn't look like a question mark when I watch them play. But they're probably going to walk to the national championship because the SEC, just like DB just said, it's, it doesn't look that strong. I mean, outside of Georgia, you know, if you're basing it off of last this past weekend and even some of the games um, week one, you would definitely go, all right, Georgia is the only team that can compete for – yeah, but but I think if you're talking about teams that can make adjustments, it has nothing to do with the fact that they're our two two teams. LSU and Tennessee are the only ones that have the talent pool that can make the adjustments to be able to still take the SEC. I think the team we're about to talk about can too because they got a guy playing quarterback that is as elite as anybody in the SEC right Man, now. Man, I'm going to be there when they take that loss, but go ahead and bring it up, Daniel. All right, so Ole Miss, Tulane. Tulane um, ranked – taking on a ranked Ole Miss team. And um, the start of the game, uh, I would say the first three quarters of the game seemed pretty pretty on par with what we initially thought. And then it was just Ole Miss just taking over. And it really was after after halftime. I mean, Yeah, that's what but, I was going to say. Did it remind you of Florida State LSU in the sense of one coach made great halftime adjustments and the other one didn't because Tulane did nothing in the second half? Yeah, it's it's – Strange, you know, you know, and, and all the talk was that, you know, Willie Fritz was a an adjustments guy, a second half guy. He always prepares his teams and does really well coming out the second half. If they can just stay in the game or have a lead or um, whatever, that was the talk. And then it was the exact opposite. You know, Kiffin goes in, they do their thing and they come out and it's like a totally different team. Um, you know, Randy, you you were right. You know, you said that they were going to score by – or they were going to win by by multiple scores, and they won by three uh, scores. So, you know, Tulane, I think, you know, gave it their best shot, but in the end, like, it's, they're just overmatched. They were overmatched. I think that what you saw also with Michael Pratt for Tulane not being able to go, I hated to see that. But I did think that their backup, even though his stats don't look great, that kid was a gamer. Um, the two-lane defensive line, my goodness, man, for the first half, they were they were getting after Jackson Dart. They were getting in the backfield. They completely squashed Quinchon Judkins, who's probably top three running backs in the SEC, and they didn't let him do anything. He didn't even get 50 yards in the game. 
But Jackson Dart, his poise that he shows this year, that he showed in that game when he was getting knocked around and at the end of the game making the plays he was making, I think that Ole Miss, and we just talked about the watering down West, this is as good a chance as they've had since the Hugh Freeze when it was in its heyday, even though all that's wiped out of the record books. So what what does Ole Miss have to do to garner a little bit more of that you know, attention to be a contender. Cause right now I think this is the first year in a long time where they're not like, they're not in the discussion that you're, that you're just, you know, little, talking little, about little brother ain't beating us, but let me, I was looking at their schedule. So we were talking about Alabama's down, right. But they still have to go there, but there is a game on their schedule that is a big time trip up that y'all may not be aware of. They got to go to Georgia as part of their SEC schedule, whereas LSU and Bama do not. That's not a trip up. Yeah, that's like it, that's, no, that's, 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 no, that's I'm like, saying a trip up in the sense of it matters in your SEC uh, record. And so who that's determines a, that's a bye week. Let's just stay healthy and, and move to the next one. But that's what I'm saying. That loss could be pivotal. Well, I mean, if you look at their schedule, you brought that up. So they got Georgia Tech this week, you dub. Then you're at Alabama. So the, the good thing for Ole Miss is, they're not the first game after Alabama's lost. You'd never want to be that. Then they're back at home against LSU and then Arkansas. Then they're at Auburn, which that game, that to me is the trap game. You're playing your old, you know, the guy that had you at the top of the mountain and you're on the plains. That's a trip-up game. And then Vandy, that's a dub. Texas A&M, look, for as much as we say about them, they always seem to beat somebody they shouldn't. Last year it was LSU in that season finale game. Um, and then at Georgia, I think that's a dub. But I still think if you look at this, Ole Miss, if they can get some breaks, every team needs some breaks, right? But at Alabama and at Georgia, that is a that's tough, man. Those are that's tough. You know what a dream scenario? I hope LSU doesn't lose to Ole Miss, obviously. And so this is a dream if they lose. I I would hope that if LSU lost Ole Miss, that was their only SEC loss, and then LSU lost to Georgia, and then they lost in the Egg Bowl in Starkville to give LSU the West crown. Make it happen. All right. We'll see. Well, they're not going to lose to Ole Miss to be in with, so, I mean, it's a relevant conversation. All right, let's move on. Um, obviously, last last week, um, the picks were the picks, but this week we have three more games. I got you – you got UT at Florida, um, six and a half point spread. Do you know how I know my anniversaries this weekend, Daniel? That's son of a bitch. Randy, Randy will never let you. <laughs> Randy will never let you. You forget. You know, it was quite a run they had there. All right, so Tennessee six and a half. Given Florida six and a half. Jim, who are you taking? Man, give me Tennessee. Florida is terrible. Randy, is this is this a trap? Uh, you know, look. The only reason I say that is yeah. I think Tennessee is head and shoulders better than, but you're going there and yeah. it's opening, you know, SEC play for them. Like twenty three the years, DB. Twenty three years since they've won in the swamp. That's a long damn time. It is a long time. But you know what Joe Milton said? He said, I don't lose in the state of Florida. So, Millie Mill, we need you, baby. I got Vols. Give me Vols. Double-digit wins. Me too. All right. Uh, I'll take Vols. I think I think they cover six and a half. I think they're, I think they're a ten-point winner for sure. 
Let's go. All right. Mississippi State, LSU. LSU, 10 and a half. Uh, Mississippi State, 2 and 0. Now they're coming in. There's a lot of people high on, high on the Bulldogs, Jim. Where, where they live in Starville? Of course. <laughs> okay. You know, you know, I'll give the, I'll give them a shout out before I bring them down. When you give a chance, uh, shout out to uh, IOTV guest recently, Jet Johnson, SEC Defensive Player of the Week. Shout out, Jet. Go ahead, Jet. Get it, get it, son. All right, LSU, Randy. Are they going to cover ten and a half? They're going to cover twenty three. LSU absolutely steamrolls Mississippi State. I watched Mississippi State play. Arizona, it was the second worst SEC game of the week, only next to Auburn Cal. Yeah, I I don't see any way. I mean, yes, the dogs are two and zero, oh, but the pirate ain't walking through that door, guys. The, yeah, the, I, the I, thing I that you. the thing that that helps a lot, and doesn't matter home or away, LSU does not like the eleven a.m. game at all. They don't. That's true, and that's what Mississippi State is used to. When you think about Jefferson Pilot Sports, you think Mississippi State Bulldogs. <laughs> well, but you still got us a, by twenty three. So apparently, it didn't bother you yeah, too much. They're playing I, eleven. <laughs> no, I got I got LSU, not by that many, but by by three touchdowns for sure. Twenty twenty one on the dot. I got it. Jaden Daniels absolute breakout game this week. Here we go. All right, Jim. All right. What you so got? Let me let me start by saying my boy D Sports is going to be because they're going maroon and white, maroon and white. He's in the section three over from Marie from me in the maroon with his whole family, so they're going to wear gold so they stand out in the maroon. I'm going to be in the white section. Jackson has chosen to wear maroon, which is going to be a mistake, but I'm going to go purple that way I stand out. And I'm going to have we're going to have our purple and gold cowbells. And as they beat down Mississippi State, we're going to be ringing them. And then here's the here's here's the punchline. Here's what matters. So most. so Jackson is wearing maroon, but he's going to be ringing uh, purple and gold. No, cowbell. I'm going to be ringing my purple and gold cowbell in his face. I'm going oh, to okay. taunt my son all game endlessly to where then I'm going. You to know what? I'm I'm going to change. I'm going to change my pick to Mississippi State. Jackson gives you more this, crap. Jackson gives you more crap than anybody. But but this seems like a total time where you have this plan that you think is going to come to fruition, and it's not. It's going to be the exact opposite. He is going to even have to ask one of the nice people from Starkville for a ride home by the time I'm done with him. Because you know what? I'm just going to walk away. I'm going to throw my bell on the field and walk off. It's wow, going that's... to be curtains. It's going to be a beat down. I'm sorry, Will. I'm sorry, Jet. You know, is what that... it is. Get, you know what? Randy said 23. I like it. It sounded good. Let's go with it. All right. Everybody, everybody took UT to cover. Everybody's taking LSU to cover. That brings us to the Tigers and Navy. I got to pull I get up to be this. at that, too. Yeah. Yeah, Thursday night, Memphis, 14 and a half. I think – I don't think Memphis is going to cover 14. I think they're going to win the game, but I think it's going to be like a 10-point victory, a 14-point victory. I don't think they're going to cover 14 and a half. They should, but they're not. I think they will. And can I ask you boys a question? I've always wondered this. Why is it, and now I know Navy has won from time to time, but I don't just mean with Memphis in general. I mean 
with a lot of teams. So they have so like for instance, LSU did it with with Air Force and baseball, whatever. Like big teams schedule the Air Force, the the Army, you know, Navy, whatever for military appreciation, and then they usually just bust their head in. It almost feels wrong. Like military appreciation night now, let's kick the crap out of you. Does it well, not that would feel- be that would make sense, but Memphis don't ever beat the crap out of Navy. I know, but I was just thinking that in general. I'm not saying Memphis does, but yeah. I, just, I was that that thought in general just came in my mind. It is you ironic. See it with a lot of the bigger schools, they do it. It is ironic. Like, hey, let's it invite is. Army in. Let's do a military appreciation and beat sixty, beat them by sixty. You know, it just kind of feels all wrong. But I think, um, I think Memphis has looked more than good enough. I can't get what I saw from Navy against Notre Dame out of my head, even though Notre Dame could potentially be good, but you know, remains to be seen. Um, I like them on a Thursday night. Um, gonna have the whole family there it's gonna be fun i think i think they take care of business all right randy who you got i got memphis uh, but i'm i'm with you they just history tells us they they don't blow navy out i mean they just don't so i think you know a 10 point win uh, you know you said it last week right now for memphis a dub's a dub so just get your win have a long week of rest and, and get ready for when the you know when the real although this is a conference game right yeah, it's a conference game. Yeah. So season starts now. Got to start one and no. You got Tulane. You got all them boys in there. So this is this is a big litmus test. You should not play close with Navy. But if you do and you still win by double digits, you'll take it. What you're looking for is for Seth Innigan to play mistake-free football. You're looking yeah. to get the run game going. You're looking to get pressure on the defensive line. So I think if you win by double digits, you got to love it. Absolutely. I'll take I, it. I was just I'll curious, play. looking ahead, assuming they take care of Tulane, and we'll obviously talk about it next week. I just want to see how Missouri has been doing, and they just had a very close struggle win at home against Middle Tennessee, 23-19. I like seeing stuff like that. That, te- that tells me Memphis has the potential to take that one if they get through this one first. I mean, let's let's take it one game at a time. I, I know. Wanna... I'm, just, I'm just looking ahead. So... No, nah, we're fans. We're... We ain't got to take shit one game at a time. No, we, we're gonna we're gonna go out to practice and we're gonna worry about today. Um and then tomorrow we're gonna worry about tomorrow and then come Thursday night we're gonna roll in there and we're gonna play, you know, the best best game of football that we can play. Because um because after that game we'll we'll review it and then we'll talk about it and then you know we'll move on. Then then at that point we'll be talking about Missouri. But we're we're, we're talking about we're we're talking about Navy right now. Well, because we're not talking soccer tonight, Daniel, I gotta tell you because we brought up so Thursday night I get married. I didn't bring it up. No, I'm bringing. I'm uh, saying okay. I'm bringing it up. Memphis Navy on Thursday night. Then I'm going to LSU soccer at Ole Miss Friday night, and then I'm going to LSU at Mississippi State on Saturday. Man, what a what an action packed three days! You want to see the, the the player of the week, Taylor Doblez? She might end up being again dropping two goals yesterday. Go ahead, go ahead. All right, big week of NFL football. We got to talk about it. Jim, Saints, Derek Carr, just what, what's your thought? What's, give, me, give me your take on this game. Obviously, you know, the Titans, it's – I don't know how good the Titans are or are not. I don't think they're that good. But then they're again, not. who no, knows? They, they do have – But I, I guess the question is, is, did the Saints do enough to tell you that they're good enough to win – the division or the game that they played against the Titans this week, you have some questions. No, they definitely did enough, but Randy knows that they 
the Titans do have one good thing on their team, and that's a defensive line. And coming into this game, um, we knew running was going to be something that was tough. So it was going to have to be on Derek Carr. Derek Carr has an absolute knock that I'm going to get on. Um, I think he was sacked six times, and I could probably tell you five of them were his fault because he holds the ball extremely too long. Coming off a year where I watched Andy Dalton hold the ball too long, and I thought, damn, get rid of the ball. Damn, get rid of the ball. I felt like I was watching the same guy back there, except he just throws more accurate. Um, he holds the ball way too long. He's going to have to learn to make decisions quicker. He started getting better at it, especially finding the right guys. Y'all know Chris Olave. Um, you just hit him across the middle and let him do his thing. Um, but overall, he made some big throws um, to Sheed, um, to Olave. Got Thomas in the mix. Um like I said, it was a tough day for Jamal Williams on the ground. But if there was, a, as a matter of fact, if there's a knock I Elsa I got on the Saints, it's Dennis Allen. His repeated trying to run up the middle, even though they couldn't even get a two yard run um, because Simmons and Byers had it just completely plugged, um, they wouldn't give it up. But let me tell you who my, even though the secondary got three interceptions and Tannehill just didn't look that great, let me tell you who the player of the game was. You can go back and watch that tape. I actually think I sent y'all a screenshot of one of them. If I didn't, I need to. Um, you know, they love to show highlights of Derrick Henry stiff-arming people. Why don't you do the NFL a service and show DeMario Davis absolutely putting him on his ass, not once, not twice, maybe five times, one in which I got where he knocked him five yards backwards. Daniel, that's what the NFL wants to see because DeMario Davis is the most underrated linebacker, and he shut – him down the second half. He didn't even have 15 yards rushing. Demario's talking about getting knocks on the door from God. I mean, he's the one doing the knocking. He just I'm saying knocking folks out all day. You know how I've always felt about him. Y'all both know how good he is. Y'all aren't y'all aren't stupid. Y'all know that people probably don't give him enough due. But um, he ain't, first, he ain't the best linebacker in in the league. He's top three middle linebacker, easy. And the only reason he's not number one is because there's some good ones like Wagner just right off the top of the head. But the thing that you're you're sitting there looking at me, Michael Parsons is an outside linebacker, bro. So why are you even doing that? We're that's a different position. Um, but no, like the the whole point was he had he had like 60 yards rushing in the first half, and literally Demario Davis shut the water off by himself. It was literally meeting him in the hole every time and knocking him backwards. So Going after week one, you still feel confident that they're going to win the division? Yes, and what I feel really good about is just going week to week. Um, Carolina looked terrible, and I love that. that who, whoever scheduled, Randy, you know the people who, who are big time in the entertainment industry. Find out. I'm fine with it, but find out who the hell scheduled New Orleans and Carolina from Monday Night Football game. Why did they do that to America? Man. I guess that just that whole Bryce Young appeal. They were trying to get that rookie out there. Well, you got you got the Falcons winning. You got the Bucks going on the road winning. That was a I, big I, dub for them. I, the Falcon the Falcons thought was before you get to Tampa. Bijan Robinson, of course, Carolina, like I said, isn't that good. But I mean, you do what you you work with what you got. Bijan Robinson proved to be um, as good as advertised so far. Yeah, um, I think with them, they're young. And they're athletic, and I think they're going to give people games. How many games they win, I, I don't know. I think I think um, it depends on what you get from Desmond Ritter, right? You you know, yeah, uh, running back. Can he be a winning quarterback like that? 
Um, I don't think so. I don't either. That's why it's it's got to to me. It's got to be the Saints. But on the Bucks, I didn't even get to see that one. So one of y'all is going to have to talk me how was Minnesota bad or was Tampa good? And you know, last I knew, Mike Evans might not play, and then I get an update on my phone says Mike Evans touchdown. Like I'm so confused. Baker doing Baker things. He woke up feeling dangerous. It's it was one of those things. Kirk Cousins was bad. The Bucks defense was good. Justin Jefferson had a shit ton of yards, but didn't find the end zone. Um, he had a hell of a tackle. He, <laughs> which I he think did. he actually went further back than the guy he hit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, you think the, his the coach Viking... like seeing him make that tackle, Randy? Your thought, shit, please get out of the way. I would <laughs> say, don't do that. <laughs> Here, here's the game in a nutshell: the total yards for the Vikings. 369. The total yards for the Bucks, 242. Turnovers for the Vikings, three. Tampa Bay, zero. There's yeah. the game right there. 100%. Three turnovers. And That'll do it. If you would have told me that. Speaking of uh, Josh Allen, would his third pick. Mm. If, they if you would have told me that the Bucks wouldn't have had any turnovers, I would have bet the, the uh, over for sure. I would have thought Baker would have done something. But. Play, he stayed within himself, and and one of the things that, and I heard them say on the broadcast, and I'll ask you, Randy, is they think that Baker might do really well in Tampa Bay because of the type of like mentality and like like hard nosed grit and aggression that he can bring to a team because it's totally different than the quarterback that's been there. No, I agree with that. And I think that we've seen that when Baker Mayfield is not, when he's healthy playing for the Browns, they were a playoff team that damn near beat the Chiefs like when they were on their reign. So I don't know. I don't, I don't not a Baker Mayfield hater. I think he's got a lot of juice left in the tank. Do I think that he can win you a Super Bowl? Probably not. But can he get you nine wins, 10 wins with that defense and that running game? I, I, I think he can. Yeah. I mean, given that we've talked about this division being weak. It wouldn't surprise me if they won the division. Not me, me either, to be honest. I didn't Man. see anything. I, I don't, you looked Jim, at the, Jim, Jim, you looked at the same schedule last week and will. said 12 wins, bro. I First of all, I did not say 12 wins because I now, and now after I watched the Saints, that offense got big problems. But you don't have Kamara there. But I didn't see a lot. And the, the Titans, I, I don't know. We got to see more. I need to see more. Saints defense looked great. Offense looked just like it looked last year. Like you plug it, Jameis not in there, Andy Dalton, whoever. You now you plug in Derek Carr, it still looks the same. So now I'm starting to wonder: is it a quarterback problem or is it a philosophy problem? I know that I would be remiss if I didn't say there's still a referee problem on that clear as day pass interference to Alave. Oh, Sixty-five yards. Week touchdown. one, man, and you he won the grabbed game. Grabbed him by a shoulder pad. You won the game down before the ball got there. You look. I got a. Game. I got a Titans fan. That's a friend of mine who said the exact same thing, but the opposite. He said they were like he kept sending me screenshots. Look at this. This is clear as day. Pass like you know. Hey man, it's week one. The Titans yeah. suck. Like just relax. You know they email, don't suck as email bad. Email Gene and, and tell him to handle it. You know who's <laughs> on top suck of that? Badass Randy. You told me to start Jackson for the Colts. You son of a. Hey man, he was really bad. I just want to point that out. I, <laughs> yes. I just want to go on record. And you know who say, I started him against? Daniel Ball. Oh man, I'll no. see. That's I mean, incorrect. I 
Let's yeah. talk about the Colts, man. Yeah, let's let's go there. So, rookie quarterback Anthony Richardson gets a start. All right, so they're down, and then they come back in the third quarter, and they're up twenty-one to seventeen, I think, going into the fourth. And then they mm, give yes. up two two touchdowns, and and the Jaguars seem to win it, you know, easily. But the game wasn't that easy. No, it was a close um, game. So looking at that. Obviously, the first question I have, Anthony Richardson leaves the game. He's hurt. Yep. How severe is the injury? What are we I, looking at here? I, I haven't seen an update today, but from everything I read yesterday, they thought he would be fine. It was precautionary. You don't want to get your franchise quarterback, who they think is their franchise quarterback, but I think it would be all right. But to be honest, I thought he played pretty good. You know, the 24-37, what do you have, 223 he did throw a pick, and that's the thing in the NFL. When you talked earlier about the three turnovers to none, in the NFL, the, it's, there's such mar, little margin for error that they are up 21-17. You throw a pick on the last drive. Like it, those are the things you just can't do. You you can't make mistakes in the NFL or all of a sudden you're down 10. I'll, I'll I thought you, that the Colts' defense looked great. To your point, Randy, I'll tell you, if it wasn't for the fact that Aaron Rodgers got knocked out to start this game, Josh Allen's turning the ball over at will. The problem is the Jets don't have a quarterback to score on the other side. And let's call this for what it is. I have Josh Allen in fantasy, you son of a bitch. But uh, Josh Allen has been doing this now for three straight years. Like, he turns the ball over at an alarming clip. And that's why I said last week, I don't think the Bills are going to win the division. And, because and when you said that, I laughed at you. And in these throws, I told Daniel about the last one before you came on when we were watching the game before the show started. He threw it right into coverage, and on this one, he threw it right into double coverage. We're not talking about, like, elite defensive plays are being made. No. We're talking about bad throws. I mean, and the, and only, the saving grace is Zach Wilson threw it right to a linebacker. Like, nobody in the area. He just threw it right to him. And I think when, when we talk about the division, that's – after this week, that's the Dolphins' division to lose, man. I, two of <laughs> for at least one week made me look real bad because – like I said, you know what, man? I keep hearing Tua, 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 and I, and I was like, I know he's got Tyreek Hill. Well, guess what? Tua, Tyreek Hill. Well, damn if that ain't a combo. Yeah, that Tyreek almost beat me single handedly in fantasy. The only good news is I do have the Jets defense, and they're looking pretty good tonight, boys. You know that was a perfect segue. He said defense, Daniel. You know who had the best fantasy defense? Them Cowboys. You know. Randy, you were talking about, you know, we, we talked about Kirk Cousins, you know, not giving this team a chance to to win the game with having three turnovers. We talked about Anthony Richardson with with the turnover and and you know, it just be like they get taken advantage of. That's really what created this this huge hole for the Giants last night is turnovers. I mean, they turnover, the Cowboys capitalize, the momentum swings, it's raining, it's it's nasty out. Um, and then before you know it, you're in a hole 20 something to nothing and you're going into half going, what the hell just happened? Agreed. Um, but and the black kick, no. I mean, the special teams coming up big is always something that, that third, that third element, man, when you can get that, that going, shoot. Yeah. I mean, I, but the, Michael the, Cowboys, Parsons, the, the oh. defense is legit. The offense, I mean, run game was good. There was not a passing touchdown he had three touchdowns two by tony pollard um and one by turpin turpin lined up in the backfield as a running back and just you know did like a just bolted out to the left just being the fastest dude on, on the on the team um but the defense is a legit defense you know Micah what Parsons, reminds me of daniel the honey badger he takes what he wants 
I mean, he gets these picks. I know he gets beat a lot, but the interceptions, he calls his fumbles. I mean, he just punched the ball. He has just has a knack for making turnovers. Having but having another guy like Gilmore back there helps so much. It really just solidifies those dudes just being able to do whatever they want. I mean, they were getting pressure on Daniel Jones at will. Like it it was it's easy as a as a as a corner or safety when the quarterbacks under under pressure every play. It's, so it's, and, and I don't Randy, I don't so think Daniel unbiased. Jones is good enough right now to to handle all that. I'll ask Randy so it's unbiased. Is Micah Parsons the best defensive player in the league right now? And if not, yeah. give, give me who? Fred Warner. I, I mean, because if he's not it, worse than anybody, he can't be outside your top three. Like for no, him. no, no, no. Micah's a dude, amazing, I mean, and it's not even just him. That defense. Speaking of amazing, general, tell me you just saw that catch. I did not. Oh it's my it's hard to compare defensive players because I don't think any scheme is apples to apples because guys are just put in different positions all the time. But like when you got Micah Parsons, when you got like um, a Watt, or you got a Bosa or Wagner, or you know, um, um, Demario, you you you. You got guys that can just flat out play, and they're they're a problem for other teams to plan around, to scheme around, and that's what makes them so good is because they are difference makers before the game even starts. They are difference makers because they force you in practice to do things that you're probably not comfortable with. And I think the Cowboys' defense is legit for that reason because people now – don't have to they can't discredit what they do on offense um or think about how to beat them on offense because they got to worry about the cowboys defense agree um you know with that we got some picks to make whoa 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 oh wait hold on biggest surprises biggest surprises because i know that people are going to, it's easy to say the Cowboys because there's 40 to nothing or whatever it was. I'm going to go with the team that I think is probably the favorite to win the NFC and the San Francisco 49ers. Not only did they beat the Steelers, they, they absolutely drummed them. And Brock Purdy was efficient, did lose the ball a couple times. Christian McCaffrey looked as good as he's looked in years. 22 carries, 152 yards, seven yards a carry. Brandon Ayuk, Debo, George Kittle, McCaffrey, Juwan Jennings. That team is absolutely loaded. On the other side, you got Bosa, you got Warner. I mean, that they are absolutely loaded on both sides. I, I don't know, man. I mean, obviously injuries can happen. We saw that last year. But if this team stays healthy with that squad they have, man, look out. Yeah, so I think, um, Jim, we'll start with you. What do you, what do you think? Biggest surprise? <laughs> it's got to be Ram Seahawks for me. Like, the Rams are supposed to be atrocious. It's in Seattle. They not only just win, but they beat their A. It's 30 to 13. I, the only reason I'm going to say that over the Bengals one is because the Browns have kind of had their number, but the Rams were supposed to be terrible. They don't even have Cooper Cup. Um, yeah, drum Seattle. Matt Stafford looked good. Least surprising thing of the weekend before you go, DB, Russell Wilson still sucks. Yeah, not good. <laughs> Sean, Sean Payton needs a guy. He hates that guy. He, 
he, it's clear. It he's is. Packaging if it wasn't something. clear before, it's clear now. He's packaging something to get Jordan Love right now. <laughs> look, that guy looked like a stud. Yeah, I mean, I, that's kind of where I was going to go, even though I don't Shout like out Mike Hughes. Yeah, I, I don't want to hate on Mike's team like that, but um, when you look at the, the Packers and what they were able to do, um, I mean, you could also throw – I mean – I don't want to throw the Dolphins in there because I feel like they were just discredited because you don't know how healthy Tua is. But we figured if a healthy great, Tua, great they game, got, yeah, they got the tools where they could easily win a game against the Chargers or lose it. But either way, they gave you a game that we, you know, we thought we would see. Um, but I think you know, biggest surprise has to be the Bengals. And Joe Burrow um, just looked bad. I don't know, Jim, if it's because he was injured in preseason. And this, these are the first snaps that he's getting, and it's against a, a pretty solid defense in the Browns. Because um, he was hung over from that three hundred million. I, I mean, I, I guess dude, so. I don't. I really. I have no defense for somebody, no matter how much I love him. 14 for 31 for 82 yards. Um, Higgins didn't even record a catch. Like, I mean, it was literally like they did. You know what? It's like the, you know, Randy says hangover. It's almost like they did the varsity blue scene and hit the club the night before and then just showed up absolutely hungover and got smashed. I mean, that's what it looks like. Yeah, it wasn't. It was. Well, I'll ask you this. Does that answer any questions about the Browns and Deshaun Watson and if they can put this together? I don't really think it does, but then again, like they did beat a team that went to the Super Bowl two years ago and one of the best teams in football last season. So we can't just act like the Browns didn't got talent, though. They do have talent. Yeah, no, and and Randy said that, said as much last week. He actually talked about how much talent I think. I think because the Ravens played the Texans and because the Bengals, the the Browns typically have their number, I feel like the North, you know, we still may not know really anything yet, even though we don't – you can say that about all of football, right, with only one game. But um, I'm going to need to see some more matchups in those two. Well, speaking of matchups, let's move on to this week's matchups. All right. Ravens, Bengals. Is this – a weekend of retribution for the Bengals, Jim? Or does Lamar and the J.K. Dobbinless Ravens get it done? I'm going to hedge my bet, dude, and go Ravens. But the J.K. Dobbins was a uh, – was That a, hurts. The, yeah, it hurts. But uh, Justice Hill looked good, not saying – I mean, they didn't play anybody big, so I'm going to need to see him do it versus somebody other than the Texans. But – um. Yeah, I, I will say that their defense did look good. Lamar didn't have to do too much. Um, but I'd like I'd like to 100% think that the Bengals are going to bounce back, especially at home. And because I want that, I'm just going to hedge my bet and take the Ravens. Wow. Randy, who you got? Uh, Ravens. I think we have the same problem that the Bengals have had. Their offensive line is not very good. He actually, there was twelve quarterbacks sacked more than Joe Burrow this this weekend. There was, but he, they just still don't. And the Ravens, that's what they excel at, obviously. And if you watched 
Burrow didn't get sacked a lot, but they were lining up Miles Garrett like and as a linebacker. Sometimes he was doing a crossover move, and then it's like he was joking around. They snapped the ball. He goes back there. He doesn't sack Joe Burrow, but he was hitting him a lot. Like he was hitting him a lot. And I don't want Miles Garrett hitting me. I mean, just ask that uh Mason Rudolph how that feels. Yeah, right to the dome with the man. Anyhow, moving on. Packers, Falcons, two one and O teams. Two teams. Wait, who that did you be- pick? Did I miss that? Who'd you pick? Oh, Ravens. I'm going Ravens. Okay. I mean, well, now, I would rather now, be. What, now I want to go the Bengals. Jeez. Well, I want to be proven wrong about the Bengals first. Plus, I don't have Jamar Chase. I don't have a Joe Burrow on my fantasy team. So, you know, I, I kind of – I'm kind of out of the, the Bengals sweeps. By, by the right way, now. I thought it was interesting that none of our biggest surprise, um, even though, I mean, it between Travis Kelsey being out and everything – um, usually the Super Bowl champ doesn't lose that Thursday night game. But usually the Super Bowl champ don't take on Motor City Dan Campbell in the line. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hear you. I mean, the news came ready to play. Jared Goff is is no the stop truth. It. Stop it. <laughs> stop it. All I right. do like the Lions though. It's hard not to, man. It it really is hard not to like those dudes, but Packers, Falcons, um, give me give me the pack. Give me the pack. I'll take I'll take Green Bay. Hey, Line me got? up. Randy, your your fantasy va- uh matchup where you said Josh Allen was your quarterback, it ain't like close, is it? No, no, no. Because I, okay. I have the Jets defense too. I, I won. Okay, so that fourth turnover by Josh Allen doesn't hurt you. It just washes. Okay. No, no, no. It helps me as yeah. It helps me. Ironically, I hate when I do that. When I have the defense and the quarterback, I really hate that. You hedge your bet. I like it. I did, and it turns out the Jets have now got. Let's uh, let's let's read them and weep, fellas. How many points did the Cowboys score in fantasy the other night? Forty-one. Holy Lord, they have mercy. So they're up to twenty-four. So they're not gonna get there. They're not gonna get to forty-one, but that's pretty good for a defense. Y'all score? Did y'all score? Did y'all score twice on defense, Daniel? I know. Yeah, yeah. you returned to yeah. So yeah, it's gonna be tough. It's tough to do that. They're getting the turnovers. The Jets are, but they're not scoring on them. That's the difference. Josh Allen's really sucking today. Yeah, really. I mean, I hope nobody was thinking. Uh, uh, you know, they needed like fifteen or twenty points from Josh. Allen. Oh man, I got this in the bag. Yeah, no, I, he's gotten me eleven point five. Here's here's the the tragedy here for the for the Jets. They have to go. Zach Wilson is going to take us down the field and win a game. No, they didn't have to go down the field because he turned it over in their own territory. They're already in field goal range with three minutes left. Yeah, and they got the ball thirty. They got the ball thirty seconds ago. (laughs) So they they milked the clock for thirty seconds. Well, no, that's fourth and one. They're going for it. When they punch it through and get the first down, they're going to try to milk it down and win this and game. This is where, and this is where the Jets do Jets things. They're going right. to fumble this ball. All right. Well, they're going to fumble. While we're doing fumble. that, so the, so the people, because they're not actually watching, I'm going to pick the Packers. That way we're multitasking here. Um, I was impressed by Jordan Love, and I would just never pick the Falcons, so. I, right. I'm also going with the Packers because I don't think the Falcons are very good. Chargers, Titans. Man, Titans didn't, Titans didn't show me anything. Chargers, even though they lost, they showed me a lot. Give me the Chargers. Randy, I know you're taking the Chargers. Jim, who are you taking? Chargers. 
Man, this is uh, – we're all in alignment here. All right, Chiefs and Jags. I don't care who the Jags have. They they ain't the Chiefs. The Chiefs coming off of a loss. Even if you don't know if Kelsey's them. playing? I, it don't matter. Give me them dudes. Give me the Chiefs. Give me Sunshine and the Jags, baby, because I think that they're, we're going to see – the Bengals start off 0-2. The Chiefs start off 0-2. We're, we're going to see some contenders, what we thought were contenders, start off 0-2. But don't worry, because now we have a baseball season, 162-game NFL season. Plenty of time to rebound, guys. Plenty, plenty of time. Jim, who are you taking? I'm also taking the Jaguars. And while I'm on that note, uh, we've been talking all this fantasy and stuff. Shout out Calvin Ridley and his comeback. Shout out. He looked great. I hate that it looked great against my team, but I think we should take the next game out and pick another one because there's not nobody is going to pick the Jets without Aaron Rodgers. Well, yeah, well, when I put this on there, I didn't right. know that Aaron Rodgers. Agreed. No, agree. So go ahead and pick the last one, and I'll find the replacement as we speak. Dolphins. All Dolphins. The way. Dolphins. Yeah, Dolphins. Although I will say, though, they the Patriots went down. I was watching that game. They went down like 16 to nothing to the Eagles. And they, for about a quarter and a half, they look like a serviceable offense. And then the Eagles just did what they do. And, I mean, when, the jury cannot still be out on Jalen Hurts because the dude is just a winner. The He's guy's good. Just... He's good. All right. So, with that being said, the smallest line is, in fact, the Browns and the Steelers on – there's two Monday night football games. I was say because the Saints play Monday night. See, that's that's there. It is now. I know, Randy. The Saints are going to be covered up by somebody else. Now it all uh, now it all makes sense. There's two ga- There's two games on Monday night. Um, but the Steelers Browns is, is only a two point line. It's the closest one, so that's the one we're going to pick because it's supposed to be the best game of all the ones left. Oh, I'm going. I'm going with the Browns. It's not at Heinz Field either. It's at what's it called? Oh, Frank's Red Hot. <laughs> Duke's Mayo. Duke. <laughs> oh, jeez. You know what? Just because have we picked have we picked different at all? Uh, any of the three of us? Well, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah DB picked the Chiefs. We picked the Jags. But that's the only. Who are you one. picking? But, you but taking me and a- you. But me and you haven't picked different, right, Randy? We we haven't. We haven't. All right. Give me are you taking the do- are you taking the Dolphins? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All so right. give me give me the give me the Steelers. So I can't. Me and Randy can't be notched the whole way. We just can't have it happen. What was our what was the record last week? I don't. Did I hit a game? Yeah, it was. I had four wins. Randy, you had two. Jim, you had three. What the freak? Last place. I can't after believe the Daniel domination. didn't even bring it up when he was the winner. Because I don't even want to keep track of it. If y'all want to keep track of it, please do. I'm just going to tell you the weeks that I win. Otherwise, I'm just going to be quiet. No, if we're going to keep track of it, we're going to keep track of it. Or this is how not. unpredictable the NFL was. Y'all know I do these parlays, and I usually lose one, dude. I had more than fifty percent wrong. <laughs> Damn. Damn, that's not good. All right, give me the – I hate taking the Browns. All right, give me the Browns. Any other brain busters that you want to throw in there just for 
S's um, and G's. I mean, there's man looking at this slate of games, boy, it's I, I really hope the Vikings return to to prominence on Thursday and the Bengals come not back against the Eagles, bro. Because if not, yeah, that's what I'm saying. If the if the Bengals don't return against the Ravens and the Vikings don't return against the Eagles, uh, this is a really crap slate. We'll see what happens. But all right, guys, just think about it. Randy just said the best game got wiped off. It would have been it would have been the Cowboys Jets, which I mean, oh, we don't we don't know the significance of Aaron Rodgers' injury. Either. Knowing saying, knowing Aaron Rodgers, knowing Aaron Rodgers, you say Achilles tear. That's what they're Ooh, saying. So that's two because that was what happened to Dobbins. That's two this week. Ooh. I mean, don't don't put it by him as the Cowboys. You know who's, Aaron no. Rodgers gonna go out there and guess who a phone call's <laughs> already been made to? Tom Brady. PB twelve has already got a phone call. I promise. Bro, if he went and played for the Jets after being a Patriot his whole life, although he does have a son named Jet, so I mean things do add up. You know what? I'm calling it right here, right now. Tom Brady's fixing to be a quarterback of the Jets. Not a chance, bro. Not a chance. Could you he imagine being being given the Hall of Fame induction uh, by the Patriots, and then and then the going very, to <laughs> yeah. Is is there another quarterback on the street, Randy? That's like still could play. Is there Philip Rivers? Oh God, no! He's having his twenty seventh kid. He's busy right Brett now. Favre. Brett Favre. All right, no, no, no. He's in trouble. He's done. He's done. I don't. Matt know Ryan. Matt Cam Ryan. Cam Newton. Oh God, no! I would take Matt Ryan before I take Cam Newton. No offense, Cam, but until you learn how to write with a real, like a real uh, texting type machine, what the freak is he writing all over his Instagram? I can't even read it. This will be interesting though, because based upon what like Randy said, Wilson threw it literally to the linebacker where there was no reason. I, I I just can't see the Jets letting that be who tries to carry them the rest of the season, especially when they got a defense this good. They got to go find somebody. Yeah, Zach. Because I don't know, Zach Wilson gonna gonna pick up a dub right here over and Josh it, Allen. It, it, well, yeah, it wasn't in, it in wasn't because of him. It wasn't because of him. Don't matter. I mean, he played the majority of the game. Yeah, well, and the defense. That. Yeah, the defense got four turnovers on. Two they, of those were self inflicted by Josh Allen himself doing dumb stuff. I mean, the last one, the ball hit Josh Allen right in the damn face, <laughs> and he fumbled it. In the face. And then, and, and then picked it up and fumbled it again. I just since it didn't happen to Randy, I want to look in our league and I want to see. I hope somebody had Josh Allen and thought they had a victory in the bag and it cost them. That'd be funny. I'm I'm looking at this. This is crazy. I'm looking at my the league. There are one, two, there are three people that have scored less than 75. We were just talking about that. We the, yeah, that's a that's a league that scores were, were low. I thought, see, I ended up with 102, and I thought I would be, like, the lowest in the league, and I I would outscore, like, three other people. It it was bad. I've only gotten 105, and I'm the second, no, third highest right now. There was one guy that scored 127. He must have. How did he get all these points? Oh, he, oh never mind. He had Tony Pollard, Nick Folk. He had Kelsey starting and still scored 127. What's this guy? He had Tua. That's where the big wins come in. Jeez. Well, oh, if I'm going to lose Jones. To, if I'm going to lose to anybody, Daniel, because I won my other leagues. If I'm going to lose to anybody, I'm going to lose to Man, bump Daniel. I ain't losing to him. I mean, he don't – trust me, he don't want to. But, 
I mean, Stefan Diggs. If you were in these group, te- if you were in these group texts, Randy, to to, to yeah. see the shit they talk to me, I don't want to lose to them. I only want to lose to Daniel. Look, I think that now Josh Allen is going to go down and win this game. I've convinced myself. As long as it's to Diggs, and I can just get some more points for the season total, even though I'm not going to beat Daniel with it. I mean, James Cook can break off a 82 yard touchdown. I'd be all right with that. All right, Daniel. I tell you, I tell you what. I got he, a scenario where I could actually beat you. I know a way I can. Well, get let's hold on. Hold let's on, do this. Let's wrap this show. No, up. no, no. I want to say this on air. I want to say this on air in case it happens. Concocted. I got it. I got a scenario where I can get twenty-five points in the final two minutes of this game because I have Buffalo's defense also. All right, so he hits Diggs for a seventy-yard touchdown, and then Buffalo gets a pick-six to seal the game, and I end up winning this bad boy. I'm speaking it into his existence. Okay, now wrap it up. If you if that's how you win it, then you deserve to win it. No, you will throw you will break I mean, shit. You will break shit. Don't even lie. That's wrong. That's wrong. That when when have I ever got that worked up about fantasy football? I don't even get worked that worked up over my own teams. Here goes Josh Allen. He's gonna fumble the ball again. Running around. All right, we gotta get out of here. Last call, Randy. What you got? I don't got nothing, man, other than it was just so great all weekend long as I'm doing things, going here and there to have football in the background and on the phone getting the updates. Football's back. It's, everything is right. And it's it's Husky Boy season. I walk out. It's just a little nip in the air. It's my, my time of year, baby. Dang. It's nip in the air? I, I need to be there. And a little nip. A little nip. <laughs> be there. Jim, what you got? Last call. Uh, yeah, man, obviously went down to Baton Rouge. One of the cool parts was not just seeing LSU soccer, but uh, Kaya Johnson and most recent guest Aaliyah Finnegan came over, um, um, got to meet her. She was just as sweet and as nice as she was on her episode, Daniel. And worth noting, let me tell you something. I don't know if you look at that picture, but I brought it up out loud, and then the people around me were like, they all said something afterwards. Kaya Johnson has got some guns on her, bro. So, you know, when you got a lower be- uh, body injury, you know, what do you do? You work upper body. Man, she brought out that gun show. But it's good to see the uh, to see the in-off-the-bench guests, get to, to, to see all four soccer players, um, two of our gymnasts. So, good weekend down, down there getting to see them. So, for me, shout-out to uh, Charter and Disney for – Mm-hmm. bridging the gap and, and, and just figuring out how to continue for me to be a client with charter spectrum, because I was one day away from making a phone call to just be done with cable for good. Um, but they ended up get, figuring it out just on a day where, you know, Memphis says that they're going to have their football game on ESPNU, so, you know, against Missouri. So I, I really needed that victory. So thank you, Charter and Disney, for figuring yo shit out so I can get more football. Appreciate you. All right, guys, that's it. Let's get out of here. Great time, great insight. I want to thank our guest, DJ Jefferson, for joining us. If you like hearing DJ's story or you just like hearing us average Joes talk X's and O's, please like and share the podcast on Facebook. Retweet us on X. Listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. As always, comments, ratings, feedback, thumbs up, hearts, hugs, love. We'll take it all. We'll see everybody next week. Got episode 19 coming at you. We're going to be talking University of Tennessee softball with Charlie Orsini and Jameson 
Brocken, bro, two softball studs. You don't want to miss it. This has been the In Off the Bench podcast. As always, remember, strong body, sharp minds, great and grind all the time. We're out.